Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. This week I've got Rachel Hara from Dallas ISD. I've interviewed a lot of people for this podcast. I've had the privilege of doing so. The reason I do this podcast, unfortunately, isn't for you as much as it is for me because I've been able to meet so many awesome people and have so many great interviews and get to know so many people. And this this particular interview, I, I just happened to contact Rachel when she was in town, and so we were able to meet at a Starbucks, and that's why you're going to hear a lot of, uh, you're going to hear, you're going to hear a lot of background noise and a lot of all that stuff, but anyway, I stepped away and walked away from this interview a better person, and that's not blowing smoke, that's not sucking up to my guest, I just, you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear the quotes that she gives, and she didn't mean to, she just says it, it just comes out of her, and she's definitely one of those people that says whatever she wants, but she says so many things that are a driving force towards being motivated to being a better educator, to work for the students, to just be a better person. And it was a a great interview. I'm very happy I did it. I love every interview I've done. I'll be honest, just because I like to schmooze and talk to people and I am my father, but this particular one just made me a better person and only a handful of those has that happened to uh didn't happen with Stuart Savage I didn't feel like I walked away from that a better person I did feel like he did because I just spit so much knowledge in that interview but um I'm just kidding that uh that's uh that's that's rude anyway speaking of Stuart Savage I don't know if everybody's invited, but you are now to uh, the Pedagogy by Inebriation, which is Thursday at the normal place, Chewy's on Westheimer. If you are in town in Houston, you should stop by. Come hang out with us. Uh, junior Festival happened at uh, Prosper High School this past Saturday, yesterday. So I hope everybody that was involved with that had a great time. Those junior festivals are amazing, and what's going to happen is that in a few years, you're going to get all these kids, because junior festivals have been around for a while, but now that they're somewhat regional, uh, they're going to to really cultivate a whole new breed of thespians that come to these conventions, and the whole growth of thespians, and the whole splitting into two festivals, and all that kind of idea, it's going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger, because all of these junior thespians are now experiencing this festival on a smaller scale, but still to them, it's huge. And it, we treat it as such. We treat it with as much oomph and as much power and as much respect as big festival, because these juniors, this is what they get. And so why not give them the best that we can give them regarding the comments I made last week with administration and splitting it. I appreciate Matt Smith for turning me on to Jackie DeMont Mullen's dissertation that she wrote, it is over 200 pages. And yes, I read some of it, but I'm not much of a reader. I think the last book I read, uh, now I read scripts, of course, but the last book I read that was of that length 
was a wrestling book. So, sorry, Jackie, I'm going to have to take some time to read that thing unless I get surprised in the middle of it and you start talking about the effects of the wrestling community on how teachers are evaluated. That would be actually kind of a fun one. So, Jackie, when you go get your 27th master's degree, please consider that one. And one day I will have Jackie DeMont Mullen on here. She's one of the busiest people I know, and that's okay. So, you know, this podcast hopefully lives on for a while. Uh, But the administration stuff is still kind of bothering me a little bit, but we will see how things go. Uh, Finals week is upon us for those of you that are in the world of high school secondary education. If you are a college educator, you are probably done and enjoying your winter break. Congratulations. Screw you. Well, uh, enough of that. Let's go ahead and move on to the Groner joke of the week. And then again, my can't miss interview with Miss Rachel Hera. Which hand is better to light the menorah with? Neither. It's best to light it with a candle. I'm a mom of two kids. I'm married and with the same person since 2001. I'm the director of theater and dance in Dallas. I'm an activist. I very much believe in working to bridge the gap. Um, Some of my passions are including uh, you know, the school-to-prison pipeline is a huge thing for me and really affecting change for that. Yeah. Um, because I've I've seen the faces that, and I know the names and I have kids right now that are still in that that kind of trajectory. Sure. And it's difficult. So I'm, I'm really passionate about affecting change for, for that. Um, my background is weird. I'm a military brat. Okay. I... You know, I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. I, I, I don't know anything about it. Everybody always is like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. It Bill means Clinton. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, like, sure. that's yeah. great. I was like literally born and then shipped off. And we <laughs> lived everywhere, you know, so everybody has no idea where my accent is from. Right. But it's a little smattering of everything, right. so pick it up. And started in theater when I played Baby Jesus, thank you very much, in the sign language choir that my mom and I got my sister in. Okay. So my sister was born deaf. Okay. So sign language was actually my first language. Okay. And that was my first theater production, went through that. King and I did high school theater because my knee got knocked out. Um, and so I was, a, I was a soccer player and I got more into theater and started doing summer productions at the local college. And you know, I mean, all of that, that's a whole other story within itself. I feel like there's like chapters, but um, basically what had happened was is I decided to pursue what I loved and um, had the backing of a lot of brilliant people who believed in me enough to, to let me do that. And I ended up working professionally for um, the better part of a decade in Atlanta um, with every single amazing, wonderful, theater and artists there and and changed my life and then I moved to Dallas and it was like you think you have it's like the best laid plans you know of mice and men and all of those things have changed so I, I can say my background but I don't know that that's who I am now right 
Is that a good way of putting that? Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you consider yourself to be? Are you a Texan now? Oh, um, what is your husband? Uh, he is a Floridian. Okay. He grew up in Defuniac Springs in the Uchiana Valley, and that is a place. I feel like you're making up. No, names. sir. <laughs> Wait till you find out that I went to a place. I lived in Niceville, Florida, home of the Boggy Bayou Mullet Festival. Oh, obviously. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're we're very we're faux Texan. However, right. both of my children are really Texan. Um, and in fact, my Violet, you know, she only lived in Atlanta for a month after she was born before we moved to Texas. Right. So they, and she's got a little accent and I don't know what's happening, but it's so, very adorable. So she's like 10 She's, t- yeah, 10. she's, okay. uh, yeah. You're trying to do the math based off three and nine. So she's okay. about to be 10. Okay, okay. So three and nine. But two girls or? Yeah, two boy? girls. Okay. Hazel and Violet. Okay. Um, and they are so different and both just sure. the most creative, fun, happy kids. I have a three-year-old as well, hey. but I have a four-year gap, so it's seven and three. Oh, yeah. So, it's but, nice, right, yeah, the gap? Oh, the gap is amazing. It is. My sister has an 18-month gap, and it's just That's dreadful. That's me and my sister. <laughs> I mean, like my sister, and, yeah, I love what, her very yeah. much, and we're very close now, but like, yeah. there were some times. Yeah. Like when we were teenagers yeah. and wearing the same size. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, it's a rough one. He's a, he's about to be the younger one's about to be three. She's only four, so it's like it's that's rough. But the seven and three is amazing. Yeah. I love it. Um, so you you uh, did you didn't do education? I, like you've only been in education for a decade, right? About ten years. Well, I did nonprofit education. Okay. So okay. I did um, curriculum and program management for the Alliance in Atlanta. Okay. Um, I worked uh, as a teaching artist for the First Center for Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, and, and so while I, doing professional while doing okay. professional work, so I, I was in education in a formalized way. Like I worked um, with juvenile detention facilities sure. as well, uh, but I had never been in public education, and and, and that's actually why I I went to TJ because I was sure. sitting there and I was doing um, program management and uh, development for um, uh, for Dallas Theater for their project discovery program. And I was sitting there, and I handed out this curriculum that I had written. And a teacher, who right now is one of my teachers right now, looked at me and said, you know, have you ever taught in public school? And I said, no, but I've taught in juvie and prisons, you know, and (laughs) thinking that meant something. And and he looked at me and he went, yeah, okay. And I had this moment of, oh, I need street cred. Because at that time, my goal was, you know, I wanted to be a director of education. Different type of street grid. Well, I wanted to be a director of education at a regional house. Okay. And that was my next level goal, which I've been offered that job multiple times now. I don't want it. Right. You know, because everything changed when I set foot in that room. Like, I got hooked on Dallas, man. Right. (laughs) What part of Dallas do you live in? Carrollton. Oh, okay. And we we were in Lancaster, which is South Dallas, and then... We moved to Carrollton because my school was at the north part right. of uh, Dallas, and so was my husband's school. But he moved schools. Right. I changed jobs, and my when I took this job, my my work was literally ten minutes away from our old house. Oh, good. What does he teach? Uh, he teaches modern band. Oh, okay. Which so, is like so fine arts bass, guy too. guitar, yeah, yeah. like all of it. And okay. He's got a jazz background, so we play okay. a lot of music together. Awesome. Yeah. Florida and jazz. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
very, very Yeah, he used to eclectic. play in the pit too because he played professionally as well. So okay. it was always a lot of fun when he was in the pit and I right. was on stage. Right. That was nice. Right. Are yeah. you? Do you fancy yourself a musical theater talent or a, or drama? Oh, such a dramatic question. I don't yeah. want to divide the people. Well, you did, yeah. Um, I. I think I would consider myself an actor first, okay. primary, because I prescribe to the belief that you still have to do script analysis and in a more focused and intentional way, I believe, in musical theater. Um, because just your method of work is so different. So actor first. Right. I think voice is nice for me in that it helps me tell a story, and I'm very much a storyteller. Right. But actor first. Did you ever train as a, did you ever have vocal training? Yes. Doing that? So what's crazy is there's this recording of me that my husband has found because he's evil. Um, in 1998, the Miss Nicel High School pageant, I was in it. I decided yeah. to be in it. And I sang for my talent and I look like Vampira. Um, I think I, what was it? You'll never walk alone. You're welcome. Um, but then I had a tonsillectomy. And so my voice completely changed because they actually scratched my vocal cords. Yeah. So I used to be like a high alto. I am not. For sure. And I lost my range and I lost my voice. And I had to seek out people, um, Allison Everett and Timothy Kennedy, who trained me back. And my teacher, Tim Kennedy, he changed my trajectory because he trained me classically. Okay. And with opera as his background and brought my entire voice back from, I mean, really a five note like Julie Andrews range. Right. Well, Isn't that crazy? No, I, I have the same range. Yeah? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, me and, me and Julie Andrews, a lot of people compare us. You're like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what is it about, uh, like, what bit you? You seem to be so passionate now. And, I mean, even with TTA, uh, you working kind of hand in hand with Doc Ivins and like what do you know when that moment like just switched with you when it was like this is where I need to be this is what I need to be doing um yeah uh, um the first week the first day I um I had blatantly stolen my uh welcome to TJ uh slide from Jamal Sterling who's one of my teachers right now blatantly yeah. I was like oh that guy's brilliant yeah. I should steal that <laughs> and you know, we had set expectations and we had gone through and I had so many classes that were 45 minutes a piece and I left every day just feeling like these kids were hungry for something. And I'm, I'm not a person that asks questions. I'm not a person that asks permission. I'm a person of when something needs to be done, yeah. I, I do it and I do it faster and better than anybody else. And that's something that I'm not saying that to be, you know, egotistical. It's just that's something sure. that drives me, is to get it done and get it done well. And I left every day just like excited about these kids. Yeah. Because, you know, when I had gone in and I and I went to this job fair, this is how I got the job, is I went to this like 2,000 person job fair. And the guy who was like, had called me, his name's Ira Steck, and he calls me and he's like, I'm leaving TJ. Um, you should interview. Job fair's tomorrow. You have to be an alternative certification. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I did. And I showed up. And, you know, I'm going to say this, and there are people who are going to listen to this and laugh. I color-coded everything because I'm a, I'm a tad bit OCD with that and matched my outfit and everything. 
and uh, I talked to alternative certification. They said, yeah, you have to get a job tomorrow or else you can't be an alternative. So in 24 hours, the entire trajectory of my life changed because I go to this thing, I stand in line for an hour and a half and I interview and I get yeah. the job on the spot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go work at TJ. I'm so excited. But then I start telling people and people have a lot to say about the school and they would say, you know, oh, that's, you know, they just had a cheese heroin epidemic, which they did and a kid overdosed. And that's the gang school and that's yeah. a bad school. And like yeah. all of these things, which, you know, there's this great TED talk about uh, the, the danger of a single story and how people create that and what that is translated to for kids. Well, that for me is like, makes me even more determined. Sure. Like, oh, okay, you can tell me all those things, you know what we're gonna do? Some great theater. We're gonna get some theater up in there. And the students that I taught, uh, some of the most resilient, talented kids I have ever had the pleasure of working with. Because unfortunately, you know, they come with the experience of life that you hope kid, kids don't get. Sure. And they all came with it. Sure. What is uh, the most challenging thing you did at that school? Either personally or just like maybe it was yeah. you didn't know if you were going to be able to build all the scenery or something like that. But burnout. Maybe burnout. Yeah. So, um, oof, that's a question. So in the middle <laughs> of my and this uh, this is going to sound crazy. In the middle of my my first year, I was staying every night till ten thirty and waking up at four thirty. Yeah. And I wasn't and really seeing my kid. A, with, yeah, I was going to say with a newborn. Huh? Yeah. Practical, you know, I, I, young she was baby. like a year, yeah. yeah. I wasn't seeing her, you know? And that was really difficult because I had been staying at home with her and I, I couldn't be that person that was right. a stay-at-home mom. Right. I think that is a skill set that I do not possess. <laughs> And, well, uh, and I don't take that before lightly. Before this, you said something about patience is a virtue. You know, yeah, the uh, patience anyway. is a virtue that I do not possess. <laughs> so, anyway, continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm trying. Um, and so I, I'm there every night trying to be everything to everyone because every kid had a story sure. and I wanted to move mountains. Right. And, you know, my lunches were, like I had this one student who was dating, like, the head of one of the gangs and she was in ninth grade and... Uh, I would eat lunch with her, you know, once a week, just to kind of reach her because she didn't right. want, and I was trying to reach every kid and be everything to everyone, yeah. and also build a program and do a musical for the first time 25 years. It was Guys and Dolls. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, was your, that was the first one? Yeah, that anyway. was the first one we did. Okay. Um, and I burnt hard. Um, because I spent my like winter break, I decided, <laughs> this is funny, um, I decided that we were going to dive into Japanese theater. Okay. Uh, because like, I'm passionate like about no. it. Like, yeah, yeah, and Kabuki, and like yeah. do a whole, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, we're going to do this. Yeah. And like, let me tell you, we That's did this normal, really, normal yeah, but then we did <laughs> no with um, dubstep, yeah. because I had a whole bunch of dancers that were on like the crews from 15s and like a bunch of boys. And so when I showed them dubstep next to no, and like we started making connections, we did this whole cool like presentation for the whole school and they did dubstep with no. 
and it was stinking cool. Yeah. So, you know, while it was like now I look at that and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that again. That was not my best choice, Rachel. Um, it, w it was really, it was really cool. And uh, there's just a lot of cool memories associated with that of my kids. You know, but, any, but all that to say, you know, I kept going and going thinking in my brain that like if you keep, you have to keep pushing because you have to keep giving, 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 giving and I never poured back into myself. And I talked to my, the teachers that I support constantly about it because I watch them and I watch them burn themselves and press themselves out and, and doing it in a way where they're hurting themselves. And, and I would rather a teacher take an entire week off yeah. than stop teaching. Yeah. I would rather they take the Friday before a weekend and a Monday after a yeah. weekend and use their days in order to take care of their mental health yeah. and their emotional health because every time that they don't do that, that's when bad things happen. Yeah, sure. And we lose teachers, and we cannot afford to yeah. lose any teachers. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm too big. We have 230 yeah. schools. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So burnout, man. Yeah. Teacher burnout. And, and I've watched my husband go through it. Yeah. Um, but he's a beast, man. He's... Like on the first day of teaching, this is really cool. So he, he transferred to Ignite Middle School and on his first day of teaching at Ignite, he had those kids, every single kid, every single period playing guitar. And like his principal <laughs> was recording, like recorded him teaching and sent me that in a text message. And I thought, man, that's cool. Yeah. You know, to recognize somebody. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what made you choose Guys and Dolls <laughs> as a first? Oh, man, you know, <laughs> I don't remember. It was me and, so we had this really cool class my yeah. first year where it was a co-taught class between myself, the dance teacher, who's Krista Calkins' class of Big Rig Dance, she's a beast of the wilderness, and Tanisa Rasmussen, who's the choir teacher. We had 11 children in this class. Like, who decided we're going to put three teachers to 11 children? Right. I don't know. Yeah. But it was great. Sure. So we were just trying to figure out with the kids that we had in that class, who could actually sing, number yeah. one, <laughs> who did what. And I, I think we had a smattering of like three shows. Plus, I'm, listen, I'm a golden age geek. Yeah. I've literally watched the Harvey Girls a billion <laughs> times. I can sing Seven Brides for Seven Brothers verbatim. Sure. And people make fun of me because I will start doing the choreography. Because I am, uh, I, I love it, so. I feel like the Starbucks is about to get a show. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. Not today. I'm going to be like, what is wrong with this lady? Singing, bless your beautiful hide. You know, not. Have you, done, have you uh, directed that show? No. Right and now? I want to so bad. Yeah. So badly, I do. You know, I, I've had a couple of opportunities to direct while I've been here. And I used to direct a lot when I was in Atlanta. Sure. Um, I... I'm having to do something that I am not good at, which is prioritize. Right. Um, and that's something I actually my boss constantly is coaching me on, right. um, is prioritizing the need. Because literally every day is like a fire right. is happening. And it's like, solve it now, solve it well. And um, yeah. 
Have you considered doing like an all district musical that mm -hmm. you direct mm -hmm. and then just doing we, seven I, rides? We've talked about it and <laughs> you know this sounds crazy but uh, my teachers really want to do a show. Yeah, like, be, be in the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so we've been talking about that um, as the next possibility. We just have so many irons in the fire. Yeah. And, uh, and it's exciting because you know Dallas we have so many theaters and professional houses. Yeah. And I'm in charge of theater and dance and drill. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I serve the dance teachers in a very, very different way. Right. Um, they, oh my gosh, the beasts. Yeah. They are beasts. It's like, well, yeah, like when, when we had Philip Taylor, I mean, Travis Springfield does this now. Yeah, yeah. When we had Philip Taylor, it was the same thing. He would say the same thing. It's just a different management, you know, different It's different management, yeah. yeah. And it's different, very different um, characteristics. Yeah. Which is really funny to identify, like some of the very clear delineations right. between theater and dance teachers. Right. For example, one of my favorites: dance teachers sit on the floor. Yes. Theater teachers need a chair. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll and it's it, it cracks me up every time because they will they'll just all and they don't just sit on the and floor. And I'll put they, chairs they, there for them. Out on yes. The floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will yeah. literally have chairs for them. I'm like, you guys don't. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 we're good. Yeah. Um, but we, they're so cool. Man, the dance teachers are so cool. Yeah. Because they put in just amount, the same amount of work as our theater teachers yeah. do. But they, uh, they're like so organized. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. Like they are so organized. Yeah. And I'm really organized. But they, man, they'll well, be like, well, we've already put a. I have a teacher right now at WTY, and it's a team of three, three women, three dance teachers. Yeah. And they'll let you know, like, oh, we've already planned our, yeah. our, our five-year calendar. Yeah. We already know what's happening in five years. Yeah, it's really weird. And you laugh at them. They're like, no, would you like to see it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we have teachers that are a week away from meeting the UIL deadline that oh, haven't even decided on the show. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And when this drops, what, what is uh, it? The, yeah, seven days from now, the deadline will be up, right? Because it's the 14th, I think. And you know yeah. somebody's putting it in in, like, Six days yeah. and ten hours, and they're like, "It's yeah. gonna make it." Oh yeah. Oh, please don't be one of my teachers. Are you, are you, you're not. Are you on any UIL? Uh, are you? A, are you? Yeah, okay. for standards and practices, okay. and okay. then on the state when I play advisory. Okay. Um, which is really great yeah. because, uh, I mean, it's the first time that Dallas has been represented that right. way, and and I think that our large urban school districts have a very different set of problems. Um, and, a, and, and a different narrative and perspective right. that I'm really excited that, you know, Paula really wants to consider, Luis wants to consider and, and have a seat at the table. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that I can do that for my teachers. Sure. You know, like the, the best performers, I know that like people have a lot of different feelings about yeah. best actor, best actress, but for us, like we have an inclusion policy in my district. I firmly believe <coughs> in representing every kid where they are, and and I don't think that gender should have anything to do with no. that. It was yeah. The quality of your work. So I um, was able to contest manage a couple junior high contests this year. Mm. Um, and what did you notice? So when I set, because I introduced uh, this year is the first year we're doing best performer, um, and we're doing that on the middle school level. We're 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 carrying. We did it down. too. We did too. Yeah, and and I see just lots of people <laughs> nodding their heads yeah. in the audience. It was very. Nobody had an issue with it. Uh, at, at least the parents and the, the you know the people in attendance. It didn't seem as though anybody was like, huh, "Why are wow. you guys doing that?" There so. was a really great point that was brought up um, 
which was, you know, a lot of people were concerned that there were going to be a lot of, you know, male um, actors that were going to be getting awards just because of the literature. And I haven't, I mean, uh, so far. I think it's been the opposite. It's, it, well, it's been kind of the same. Well, we, we've just, it could be, well, it's also, in my opinion, it's driven by just what the shows are. I mean, if, if it's right. not like you're going to, if you're Mary Gerard, which I know Mary Gerard has been beaten to death, mm -hmm. but if you're Mary Gerard is the best actress on the stage, and then you have an amazing uh, a cast of women of Lockerbie or something like that, it's going to be two women. I mean, right. it, you know, it's like, it just it depends on what the literature is. But, but again, uh, it, if it's, it's all based Arthur on the work. Miller, then sure, it's, yeah, all, right. it's all males. But I, I just appreciate <laughs> yeah. that we're, we're scoring the rubric towards the work and the technique and not anything else that has nothing to do. I think it's less pressure for the adjudicators, yeah. too. They get to right. choose the two best performers. Right. Yeah. Well, and I call myself an actor. I don't call myself an actress because right. I, I know that with the work that I can put in, like I would be able to do either yeah. role um, in a way that was believable. Yeah. And I, I think that that has nothing to do with me being a woman, it has to right. do with my work. Right. You know? So, uh, before I forget, you mentioned something about color coding, OCD kind of oh. thing. And so recently, Brian Regan, who's yeah. a stand-up comedian, yeah. very funny, he was just on Fallon, and it made me think of this, because he's OCD, apparently, yeah. and did a whole bit about how, uh, what it's like being OCD, and there are different types of OCD, and then he, yeah. it's just a really brilliant little six-minute bit that you need to look up yes. when you get a chance, <laughs> because of the way he... It's just his delivery is amazing of, of how he describes, I'm not this kind of stupid OCD, I'm this kind of OCD, and then it goes oh, yeah. into, he's actually this kind of stupid OCD. Oh. Kind of thing. So, uh, it's very funny, but I highly recommend it. He's, well, and, and I don't want to make, you know, I don't no, want to make light of it, because there are people who really struggle yeah. with it, you know, but I, and I do know that I have very specific... Yeah things that I have to do in order to function well. Everybody is right? a little OCD, yeah. everybody's a little ADD, yep. you know, like there's a little bit of that in everybody mm -hmm. now, especially nowadays. I mean, I don't consider myself OCD, but there are things that I do, for instance, it's stupid, but I, if I have french fries and a burger or yep. french fries and anything else, the french fries got to go first. I don't touch huh. the, I don't touch the sandwich. It's just, I don't know if that's OCD, but huh. it's something I've just never done. So the way I just set up this rig, I do it the same way every, every time. time. It's not OCD, it's just... Particular, it's just, specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. that's interesting, because I like to save the last bites of things to yeah. the end, but that doesn't work with nachos and my husband, because <laughs> like he, I'll be like eating around and be like, I'm gonna get to the good stuff right. last, right? But he like will reach his hand over yeah. and take the best one, ruins, and, he's, yeah. and he ruins it. And listen, I love him, and I will give him the best nachos. <laughs> uh, but we've got a plan, man. <laughs> I just saw a picture for Thanksgiving of a pumpkin pie that had the center of the pumpkin pie cut out in a perfect oh, pie shape. No. And somebody, you know, it's like, who did the, who's, what kind of monster did this? <laughs> uh, what is it about uh, this job that surprised you the most coming from the classroom to, I mean, yeah. you, you went from, practically managing no one for the most part for all intents and purposes of being a teacher mm -hmm. to a job where you've got hundreds of, of, yeah. of people under you well you know I besides the organization or not the organization the prioritizing yeah. besides that no so it, it's it's multiple layers the the first is I was really lucky that um, Diana Elizabeth Gallego was my predecessor trusted me with events beforehand right so I was already running some of our district events okay. as a teacher I was already writing curriculum 
I was already doing some of the things that I do now. Sure. And um, and I, I, I now see that she was very much making sure that when she left and if she left that things there. would not fall apart. And I, I, I take that to heart very much so in, um, in my leadership. So what was really, you know, I, I, I remember saying, I'm gonna get to every single one of my classrooms this year, and I'm just gonna work in the back of the classroom and support my teachers. That's, that's not real, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said, we have 230 schools, and you know, I have over 140 teachers that I serve, and if I were to be able to get into every single one of those classrooms and still do my job, yeah with 60 construction projects going on that I oversee right now, there's, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, there's, and, and that's really difficult for me. You know, we, I was just talking to uh, Ryan Heitzman because he's, he's coming to Dallas. I'm so, on Monday, (laughs) Um, evil cackle. I'm so excited because he's just brilliant. And I told him, you know, there's something that nobody talks about with administrators who were really great teachers. And it's this grieving process that we go through. And I still go through it, which is why I go and I like to judge middle school. Sure. Because I can just be with kids. Yeah. And because it, it it's loss for me. Because I loved teaching. I love teaching. And I love working with kids. And I love all of that. And... I don't know, it's taken years, like I'm what, in my fourth year, fifth year? I don't know, one of those. I'll have to look at it, I don't know. I think four, four. Um, and I still I still grapple with that, you know? Yeah. And like my band guys do too. You know, I work with a brilliant band guy, Dimas Delgado, and he constantly talks about, you have to find a way to either change your value system or or figure out a way to let go. Right. And so that's been that's been difficult. Yeah. You know, because my husband's still teaching. Yeah. And he should be. He's brilliant. Yeah. And I don't I don't want him to do anything except that because he comes home happy. Yeah. And when he wasn't teaching, he wasn't coming home happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, when he wasn't sure. playing music every day. And I gauge my life's worth by am I happy? Are the people I love happy? Right. You know, not by a dollar sign. Right. But I, I went because I knew if I can affect this amount of change in this amount of time, imagine what I could do for a district. Yeah. And I mean, we've got so many cool things that are going down yeah. because, because of that. And also because I don't do it myself because I'm not an idiot. Right. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite quotes is from one of my friends, uh, Kathleen Kiatigan. Um, I say it that way because that's how my daughter says her name. <laughs> I try to get her to say Miss Cadigan or Miss Cadigan. She's like, no, it's Kathleen Cadigan. Um, and she said, what administrators have to remember is that when you step out of the classroom, you are no longer the expert in the classroom. Right. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks because I think a lot of people assume that administrators should feel like, yes. well, I'm I'm the knowledgeable, like I'm the grand Oz. And I'm very much not. I'm very much not. Yeah. And like I go and I substitute at the beginning of the year if we have a vacancy. Right. And it reminds me every single time. And it's one of the best things that my district does is make everybody go right. if there's a vacancy. Like we all fill to make sure every kid has somebody in front of them. And 
So with that being said, anything I do is done by design thinking and by committee. Right. So I have leadership at all levels. I have a high school facilitator, a middle school facilitator, an elementary facilitator, curriculum leads, teachers that are in charge sure. of every event, and they own it. I don't micromanage them, right. they're professionals. And if I'm going to make a sweeping change to something, I'm not gonna do it top down. Right. I'm gonna ask good questions and, and ask them for their opinion and then build it to their needs because they're boots on the ground. Right. And so my job is, you know, as an administrator, and I get really passionate about this, I'm sorry. No, I, I like, keep going. My, so. <laughs> sorry, but like I firmly believe that in a military-based philosophy, and it's not just because of my background, right. um, of boots on the ground. Right. If I know, you know, like Washington's crossing the Delaware, but they don't have shoes and they don't have food, how are they gonna fight a battle? Right. So if my teachers aren't supported and they don't have you know, their curriculum and they don't, or they don't have support or they don't have funding, how are they supposed to fight the battle right. if we're really putting kids first? And so it's that, that whole like idea of if you put teachers first, that as an administrator, if I put them first, yeah. I'm putting kids first. Right. Is that? Oh, 100%. I, I mean, I, I, if you listen to what, as we record this, the podcast that dropped today, I, so when I first started this podcast, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I, I didn't have an idea of what it was. The, the, there's a point to the story in a second. but um, And my wife, who's a big fan of mine outside of the podcast, didn't listen to the podcast, <laughs> never listened to it. And finally I forced her to. I said, I, I really, because I yeah. value her feedback. Yeah. She, she can be honest with me and I'm not offended by right. it. And uh, she said it sucked, that your podcast uh -oh. sucked. Whoops. Uh, because all it was was me sitting in front of a microphone and Siri's listening to me, me sitting in front of a microphone complaining. And uh, so it was more of a, a, a blog yeah. for me, right? And it was an outlet for me to complain about stuff. And it was, and it, and it goes along with that burnout yeah. thing. Um, and so then I uh, reached out to Diane Carr, I reached out to Doc Ivins, I interviewed those people and uh, was very flattered that they would say yes. And then it turned into what it is now, an interview right. podcast. So. The, the I've gotten a lot of um, response from a lot of people, different different variations from the Philip Taylor type people, from yeah. the from Jared Berry, from you know, get different ways of going about things yeah. that I've kind of like put together in this mixing bowl and mixed it all up and then come out with my own opinion, right? Yeah. Well, on the podcast that just dropped today, as of this recording, I vented. I had to vent a little bit. It was the first time I vented in. 40 plus episodes and it was about almost this specific thing about administration um, finding a way to differentiate between having a, uh, a curriculum administrator and a, and a discipline administrator so uh, we've got this amazing uh, associate principal at our school just people would would die for him I mean yeah. he's just great but he's a disciplined guy and the kids love him and adore him and when something's wrong in our school uh they go to the we everybody goes to him right <clears throat> whether he's your quote-unquote alpha principal or not everybody goes straight to him and he's military he's mm -hmm. a marine right? oh yeah um and and well, could probably kill you with his pinky <clears throat> if yeah. he really wanted to um but he doesn't flaunt that mm. um but then you also have curriculum administrators and there there's no secret that they're better at the classroom stuff and there's nothing wrong with either of them right <clears throat> but they will both both of them will cross over to the other side uh -oh. and you feel like sometimes 
I, um, I want to stick with him for discipline, and I and I understand he was in the classroom, and I respect him for that. And then the the other one, I respect her for curriculum side of things, but I'm not going to go to her for a discipline issue. She's not going to break up the fight that's about to happen, right? right. So I've I've come up with this idea over years and months and minutes of thinking, right? Um, of having that separation in a school or having that separation. And it's similar to how HISD, Houston ISD uh, models their system with Jared being over practically just curriculum, right? Really? You know, yeah, I mean, he's the curriculum specialist for, I don't know if it's all fine arts or theater. He'll, we have a, he'll, we have a he phone call me. schedule, so I'm really excited <laughs> okay, to, okay. to dig in and but, find out what you doing, Jared. But you know, and, and, and his, from what I see from Twitter at least, mm -hmm. and, and knowing Jared a little bit, uh, he goes, to, his job is to go to classrooms multiple times during the year to see the curriculum I'm so jealous. being applied, right? He's not there to tell you, he's there to help you be a better teacher. He's not there to tell you, um, behavioral issues. I'm sure he can give you advice, but that's not his quote unquote job. So I've thought, why can't why can't that be done on a smaller level in the schools? You have we have seven seven administrators. Mm -hmm. Why can't there be three that are disciplined or even two that if there's a because in the in the grand scheme of things, you don't have a ton of discipline issues in a school like ours and the not we're not a title one. So why not send those discipline kids to uh, discipline issue kids to those principals, and then you have four or five that are completely devoted to curriculum, and they their job for the most part, maybe 60-40, is to get into the classrooms, but when they come to a theater class, a band class, uh, a choir class that is designed to be tiered so that day one we start by reading the script, mm -hmm. but day 15 we're on our feet doing this, and right. day 30 we're performing. Right. There's there, that doesn't happen in math. Right. You, know, you go into a math class, day one is day one, that's it. And day two is a new concept and a new idea, <clears throat> for the most part. You know, I know that there are exceptions to that, but um, why not have those administrators that are just designated to go Do you have do instructional that? coaches? Um, so in our district, no. Oh. We, we not for fine arts necessarily, we have like I'm a facilitator, oh, gotcha. right? So I'm over all of our high school theater teachers, and but I'm not an but I'm not a curriculum guy. Uh, mm. I've written curriculum, but I'm not going to be able to. Huh. I'm not going to be able to tell you how to. You know, I stole that model from Philip. It's great. The facilitator <coughs> model. I the, yeah, the facilitator oh, thing is it's great. It's brilliant. Um, and but but like I have. A, a certain background and a special set of skills, if I could steal something from Liam Neeson, but uh, <laughs> uh, that that are utilized and Travis utilizes them and, and exploits them and that's fine, I, right. I, I like that. But then when it comes to, hey Blake, how can I better teach these kids to do this? I'm like, I don't know, I, Like, I, that's just not my specialty, that's not my background. I was not trained to be an educator, I was trained to be a theater professional. And I'm an educator because I enjoy seeing the kids yeah. just that moment of yeah. like, oh my gosh, I get it now. Right. Like those, even if it's three times a year, yeah. that's three more than I had yeah. before. So, Or even uh, if it's that one kid who always said no, but then one yeah, day they said yes. Yeah, I, I totally. just last week had a kid on the little touchscreen panel, you know, those little unison yeah. or whatever. I said, hey, can you run lights for a concert for me? And he just was like, can I? I said, you're going to go over here and you're going to do that. And he was uh -huh. like, okay, yeah, 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 I'll do that. 
when do I need to be here? And he was just so excited to yeah. do this. And I'm like, this is cute, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff, that, that's the reason I, I like doing it, is that is that is the aha moment, is the, the light up that, the, you know. Um, but anyway, that's yeah. enough about me. We're not here to put No, I've, I've seen that model like work. One of my favorite ways was when, you know, we had grade level principals who were responsible for the discipline for that grade. Sure. But like freshmen are a very different beast than seniors. Yes. Usually. Yes. And when they're all in theater one together, Ooh. it creates a, <laughs> a yeah, moment it, in time. But, there, but there's also, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that I'm more of a half full kind of guy. Yeah. So when you have the freshmen with the seniors, there's, I think it benefits those freshmen quite a bit to see the leadership, mm. you know, but it also sometimes benefits the seniors just yeah. as much because the freshmen are still hungry. Right. The freshmen are still like, oh, what's, what's mm -hmm. going on? And, the and they're seniors, biting at their heels. Yes, and the seniors have senioritis yeah. and they're like, this is stupid, but the freshmen are keeping that, that fire going. A so. lot of my dance classes, uh, like the dance teachers, the way they scaffold their sure. their work, they do that, <clears throat> and it's brilliant yeah. because they have automatic teacher assistance, and so they're reaffirming technique sure. that is being built, and it's, I mean, it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. You know? So, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up soon because I think you're, are you driving back? Oh, I'm good. Oh, okay. I was going to stay a little bit and type uh, a paper good. because I have a problem. And I decided to start a new grad school program. That's right. In what? educational leadership at SFA. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, not, I'm not busy. I don't have things to do. I like, <laughs> uh, so you will frequently see me posting these pictures of me at like 2 in the morning. Yeah. Typing or, you know, on, on Sundays or on, depending on what's going on. Um. But it's important, and I, you know, I talked to my girls about it because I was worried. You know, I'm, sure. I mean, I'm taking time away from them, and I've already taken, you know, I saw 23 drill teams this year just to make sure I, I just took over drill teams, and I, and I, everybody said I was crazy, but I said if I, I don't know all of the drill team directors, yeah. and if I'm going to make decisions, I need to do the work and meet them and build relationships and know what genres we're talking about. Because I had no idea that we only had, you know, we have 23 programs, 13 of them are either show band, HBCU inspired, or are, I mean, I have one team that, man, they're cool. And yeah. I don't think anybody realizes how cool they are. Um, Iris Wesley Wyatt at Lincoln High School, man. So she is a classically trained dancer. She can teach every genre you can imagine. And everybody always thought, well, Lincoln was an HBCU show band. Sure. No, no. And then they got on the field and they did jazz and they can do contemporary. And they, I mean, they can do ballet. And you watch them turn and you go, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, this is being done at a school with no dance program, right? I would never would have known that, never would have known her unless I went. And when I went, she's been there for 20 plus years. <laughs> And so the stands next to her for the football game were shoved full of all the dancers that she has taught and their families. I mean, shoved full yeah. at homecoming. And I went, there are more people here watching dance see, yeah. than there are watching football. And I mean, it was a whole thing. And like, there is a cost to that. Yeah. You know, there's a cost to my, and, and what was really crazy is to watch my teachers who you know, they're my dance teachers, and most of them also are also drill. But it was, it, it really touched me because they all 
reached out and said, you have no idea what it meant that you were willing to come, um, and we know the cost right. to your family. And like, and my theater teachers do the same thing. They'll just check in on me sometimes and yeah. be like, is there something I can do for you? And like, I have a dance teacher right now, Quan um, Powers, and he reached out and he said, you seem stressed. Is there something I can take off your plate? And like for a teacher, a testament to, to you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that that's a testament to me, but to their. Oh, well, they. I mean, they're just so they, amazing. They, they want to keep you. <laughs> you know, uh, have you... a lot of people were very concerned that I was. Um, I, I got a lot of emails that I was leaving, and I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm, especially with like Ryan coming. Right. Like, I'm so excited yeah. Yeah. to have another brilliant theater person yeah. up in that building. Yeah, he's good. Um, and and the things and the way the way that we're going is really excited, exciting in Dallas. Like, we have partners partnerships with every single house, and we're just doing things differently. Like, we do this really cool playwriting festival that we started three years ago in conjunction with Kitchen Dog and with Junior Players. And basically, we send out playwriting masterclasses, we send out production masterclasses. Kids have to write, um, produce, direct, act, tech, a 10 to 15 minute play, okay. all on their own. The teacher can only facilitate, right. they're not allowed to help. Um, and it is, I, I thought, okay, we're gonna see how this goes, because at first, you know, I think the teachers were like, okay, Rachel, like, we trust you, but this seems kind of nuts for the right. end of the year. But every single high school participates, every single one, and not from force. And what ends up happening is it, we it's a festival and not, like, a contest. And it's important to stipulate that because it is very much about sharing the work. And the top three plays, based on their playwriting, which are all scored by professionals and professional playwrights, are chosen to be um, produced um, with a professional playwright. Cool. During the week, we do like a summer camp yeah. with them, and we have the kids all audition, and they get to be the actors. So they get produced um, with PupFest. Okay. And the last part of that is they their final edited copy is published oh, wow. in an anthology of work that looks like yeah. amazing. And so, you know, for a, a high school student to go on their college application and say, I'm a published playwright, sure. I, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it's part of our literacy initiative and our connection um, as well for that portion. And we have like stage agent that we work with deeply yeah. and embed in our curriculum because of the literacy piece. Yeah. How big is the Dallas, how big is Dallas ISD? Not school, no, you already said how many schools, but like literally geographically. I don't know. Okay. Big. <laughs> I mean, because, like, you know, I, people that listen to this may not know Dallas. Let's ask Siri. Yeah, I have. We can, but uh, like, I, I know Dallas very well. I live yeah. there. My wife's from there. My family oh, still yeah? lives there. So I, I know the geography of it. But so, are you talking like East? Mis is it go? Does it go from Mesquite to? Uh, it's right before Mesquite, yeah. and it goes almost to up to Richardson. Uh, up Richardson, yeah, but then there's also a like little up, bit, yeah. There's Jerry Junkins, which is in Carrollton Farmers Branch, right. 
and like it comes right so under 635. It's not the cleanest and, border. Oh no, yeah. it is not a circle. <laughs> no. And then, but then like southeast is like a big old because we took over uh, Wilmer Hutchins yeah. and Seagoville, which yes. is like all the way yeah. out there. And I've got two beast teachers 20, there. South of 20, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you know that was also something when I was driving all these football games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not realize yeah. how many stadiums there are in Dallas yeah. and how far apart they are. Yeah. So I'd be driving around and being like, where is this stadium? And there, and you'd see like farms yeah. and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden, look for lights. you'd look, for, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it. Yeah. See, I'm a trained yeah. actor. Look for your <laughs> life, find your life. So, you know, but it's, it's massive. Yeah. And I, you know, I think... I actually was reading this book, so I read a lot. I'm, I'm a prolific reader. Um, and I was reading this book that was talking about, it's called Breakthrough Principles, and it talks about how principals who put their hiring practices first, um, and, they, and they put that as like a core value, how that kind of leads the rest of their year because it's their core value to find and retain the best teachers. And I, I don't know, it's, it's the piece that for me, like I, I struggle with because I wanna support the heck out of my teachers, but I also want them to have goals and I want them to have, you know, dreams and then I wanna find out what they are. Sure. And then it might push them out of the classroom. And it, like right now, I have like a couple beasts. I mean, and they are beasts. Like the work that they do, I mean, it just, ugh. And one of them, you know, she started a nonprofit, and she's, it's, it's her passion, it's her dream. And I, I don't want to look at people as just saying, oh, well, you're my teacher at this school. You know, I build relationships, I know, I know them, and I'm going to tell you right now, like, I want to support that person because I know they're going to go do great things. Like, Jen Malmberg, who was at Brian Adams, is at SFA. Right. Like, she was a beast, teacher of the year. Uh, Miguel Maimi, who's now an assistant principal. I, I, I mean, I can name a litany of people that are now like directors of education or whatever. And I, and I ask them, what do you want and what do you need from me? How can I help you get there? And so then I'll put them in leadership roles and give them. But I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, I regret, I regret some things because as an administrator, there's sometimes a hard line that you have to take. And I, I, you know, I feel like there have been times that because of stress or because of protocol or policy, um, I haven't handled things sure. like I wish I could have. Sure. And that, that's difficult, you know, especially when I would like to repair that. Right. Are there times when you <clears throat> had to handle something in a certain way that you weren't able to tell the handling person the, or the one that you were handling like hey you you did it you did what you had to do but you couldn't tell them this is why i had to do it yes yeah yeah um, that's gotta be tough yeah. yeah it is especially when you've had a great relationship yeah. with them and you respect them and you've seen their work and and you know and things happen and you you know it's because, you know, the legality of things, the policy of things, sure. if it's a policy, you have to follow it. And I'll have your back 110% until it affects kids. Right. 
And if it affects a kid in a negative way, yeah. like, we have to go to that place. And, and it's not out of choice right. of mine. Right. You know, and that, that's, it's just, it, it's difficult because I, I wish, I don't know what I wish. I just, I, I wish that I could still find some semblance of the relationship that I had. Sure. Uh, and and give them comfort knowing that it's not personal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, again, I don't want a teacher who's good at what they do to ever, because we all make mistakes, man. Yeah. We all mess up, and 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 nine out times out of ten, it has to do with that burnout where right. they just made a bad choice because they felt like they didn't have any help, they didn't have any support, and that comes back to me. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I just said that yeah. out loud, and that hurts, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's lighten it up real oh. fast. <clears throat> two, two more questions that are going to be light. Okay, thank you. You, you mentioned reading, mm -hmm. so is there? And it doesn't have to be about education. It could be. It could be. <laughs> you want to know it my could, trash could, books? No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, be some random Stephen. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, I don't read. Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King. Um, my mom used to read those. Like she was all about all my children, and then so she would read the same. Like she would read the the soap oh. opera-esque kind of books. It was really weird. But anyway. So what's random a, fact is I do not like scary movies. I can't handle it. Okay. I'm a oh, very vivid. How do you and Luis Munoz get along? <laughs> he's all about horror flicks. So <laughs> I, know, like, I know. Well, I'm a very vivid dreamer and sleepwalker and sleep talker. Okay. Oh, that's. Very actively so. Wow. Okay. Like there, there are so many stories of me just randomly, sure. random antics. And so if I watch them, I can't sleep or sure. I do weird things. And... <laughs> Okay. So I don't. Well, what, the original question. <laughs> Sorry. What, Squirrel. What is a book? Yeah. What, what is a book that you highly recommend, or books that you say if you're going to read something, you got to read this? I don't know. I really love this book that I'm reading right now. Um, is it Prince Daring of, Greatly is it by Prince Brene Brown? Uh, by the way, is it Prince of Pal that you were talking about? Yes. Or Prince of Pull? Is it a play on words? The, the Prince of Pal. But they're playing the on Prince words. Of Pal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so sorry. I'm reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Okay. Um, and and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm 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 sometimes a skeptic when, especially when people blow up. Okay. And. <laughs> But what's been interesting is she talks about vulnerability. Not physically blow, blow up, but no, popularity. No, like, oh, this is yeah. such a great yeah. book. Yeah. You've yeah, got to sure. read it yeah. because everybody's yeah. reading it. Yeah. But, but then you read it and... She, you do understand why. Yeah, yeah, and the way that she talks about vulnerability um, is something I struggle with because yeah. I, I sometimes don't want to show that side of me yeah. because, I, I, you know, growing up, as a, a military brat, you know, feelings or weakness, sure. which is kind of counterintuitive being yeah. in theater. And so when I have to put myself in a vulnerable place, um, that's difficult for me to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I did it last year with my teachers. Uh, I did it last year. And, and it wasn't like I was having a meltdown. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Right. Um, but I did, you know, say this is where I'm at. Right. And, and it was... It was rewarding in that they were like, "Oh my God, you're a real person yeah. and not a robot." And also, they were, they they talked about being, like, grateful that I trusted them with that. And so that book for me has been really interesting because I, I connect with all of those ideas of equating the value of yourself yeah. with 
hiding the vulnerability, which is completely right backwards. Like right. you would think like you're very brave by showing right. your vulnerability. And that's the truth of the matter. But um, for me, it's, it's almost like you let people in right. and what happens then. So I'm, I, yeah, I, I like that book a lot. I'm also reading like Trash by Melinda Lee that I love. It's just trash, <laughs> and I love it. It's called uh, Midnight Obsession. You're welcome. It's a, it's will, a book of four. I'll put it's that four in books. My Kindle. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I probably should have said that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's not like one of those weird books sure, or whatever, but it's a it's are a murder a, are mystery. You a, are you a old school? book reader or both. are you a Kindle digital both. kind of thing? I, I like digital. Like okay. the both of the books that I just talked about are digital for me. Okay. But then there's like some books that I I really like the feel of them. It's also something about seeing yeah. your progress. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like that. Yeah, you know? my husband like has the entire Dune series and like sure. Ender series and they're all like paperback yeah. because he likes yeah. to reread them and see how they wear. Right. It's like a source of pride. I don't know about that. I've read them. <laughs> and then, uh, so you've moved around a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big food person. Oh, me so, too. So like when you said Atlanta, I thought of Gladys Knight's, the chicken oh, yeah, and waffles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, is, there a, is there a spot that you either hit now in Dallas or that you miss? That oh, is, yeah. Okay. So there's this place in um, Atlanta. It was like one of the top 100 Chinese like okay. places in the nation. Yeah. And it was called Little Szechuan. And like I would go in and like on my birthday they would give me like bamboo and they knew me by name because yeah. they had these green beans that were like the bomb. But it was traditional. <laughs> and it was not like fast food Chinese. Right. It was amazing. Right. And it's not there anymore and I miss it. Um, in Dallas, I don't know, man. Um, there's so many good places in Dallas. Uh, there's this amazing place across from our work that makes the best calamari I've ever had in my life. What is it? Um, what is the name of that place? It's not the, you're not off Mockingbird, is it? No, it's okay. like Walnut Hill and 75, okay. and it's right there, and it's called blah, 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 blah. Because there's a, what is the name I'm going to... What's that? The Italian place that now I'm blanking on that does pizza. Uh, Candelari? No, not Candelari's. That's another one. But uh, very famous place, like Frank Sinatra-esque. Oh. Uh, it's off of Mockingbird. Off of Mockingbird. In '75, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna get beaten up if somebody's listening to this. That anyway, but it's somebody's uh, literally gonna post underneath yeah, yeah, and yeah. be like, "You're talking yeah, about this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an Italian restaurant, and it's there's always a line, there's always a wait. Mm. Anyway, I don't know. No, yeah. I'll ask my wife when yeah. I get home. But uh, I do appreciate yeah, that I can get anything that I want because you know I lived in the Philippines, and so <laughs> like when I can get pancit and like lumpia, sure. like my life is complete. Again, I feel like you're making up words. It's tasty. <laughs> it's tasty noodles and tasty like crispy egg rolls. Okay. Like pancit and lumpia. We're gonna find out. I don't. I don't when watch When you come to Dallas food next, to... we're gonna get you some 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 pancit. Because it's it's better than like any other rice noodle. Sure. In my opinion. I'll take your word for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, great. Yeah. <laughs>